Welcome back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. This is your number one trusted apocalyptic news source at your service. (laughs) What's up? We're back at episode nine in Pisces season. Oh my God. Pisces season has been doing a number on me. I feel like I've been so moody. I feel like I'm crying out of places where tears should not come from. (laughs) It's an amazing visual. I mean, my anus. Exactly where my mind went. That is exactly where my mind went. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Starting off with a little astrology, Uranus, my anus. Hi, Sam's mom. What's going on? <laughs> if you guys uh, can't tell by the previous episode, I have fully committed myself to losing my mind. And now that re-entering society is on the horizon. I have once again decided to pick up the pieces and become a person again. So Sam is going to teach me and all of us sports and pop culture. (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to honestly just keep myself like in like some form of reality as well. So uh, I mean, you losing your mind. I'm also losing my mind. Thank God for celebrities, right? (laughs) What would we do without them? Honestly, okay. So this is our TMZ astrology segment. There's no astrology in it. It's pure TMZ. <laughs> exactly. What's what's popping, Sam? What's going on? Okay. So first off, I want to start this off with I didn't get everything from TMZ, but I mean, TMZ really, I swear to God, must be the most trusted fucking gossip site ever. But I want to start it off with some positive stuff uh, because obviously everything is pretty negative right now. Um, I don't know if you heard uh, Rush Limbaugh died recently. Woo-hoo! I know, right? Thank God. Um, but what's even better is there is a leftist meme account uh, called Quentin Quarantino. Um, highly recommend you follow if you're not. They they He posts some pretty great stuff. Um, but right after Rush Limbaugh died, he thought it would be funny to donate $100 to Planned Parenthood in Rush Limbaugh's name. And he posted it on his meme account. And he's got over 600,000 followers on his meme account. Um, and he was like, you know, it'd be funny if we could like raise a thousand dollars. And then that happened instantly. So then he was like, why don't we try for $10,000? By the time they finished the fundraiser, they had raised $1.2 million for Planned Parenthood in Rush Limbaugh's name. He <laughs> <laughs> rest in piss. Exactly. Love like that. Yeah, it was like such a a wonderful, wonderful thing to follow. It's been really fun to like see how some celebrities are trying to really use their their creativity for good. Like uh, like Seth Rogen, for instance. I know, right? I've been like kind of fan. He's been like just a really positive light in the last couple weeks for me. I like went onto his uh, Twitter a while ago because I'd seen a tweet of him roasting Ted Cruz, which we should all be doing right now. I mean, Mm. we should have never stopped roasting Ted Cruz. But uh, Seth Rogen has purchased a couple kilns for his home in LA and has started making vases. He's like really gotten into like ceramics. So he's been making vases and ashtrays, obviously, because he's a major stoner. Um, And the vases and ashtrays are super cool. But like, he always posts the pictures um, on Twitter. And the tweet always just says, I made these vases. I made, (laughs) I made these vases and this ashtray. I made this vase. (laughs) 
I don't know why, but I can picture him posting a video of him like making the vase and like Jonah Hill behind him, like sensually, like in ghost <laughs> sculpting together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jonah Hill or like James Franco or something. Like, oh my God, all those little, those, I shouldn't say little, but those bros. <laughs> Such a. You know, I have a, I have a thing for James Franco that I cannot shake. I know he's so problematic and he's a piece of shit and there's so much controversy, but I find him so attractive. <laughs> and it's like the douchier he is, the more I enjoy him. James Franco is your fuckboy. He is my fuckboy. I would let him break my... <laughs> you were going to say back. I would have said back. I mean, not, maybe not for James Franco, but... It's already broken, hunty. <laughs> oh, too good. Yeah. No, yeah, I was just to say, Seth Rogen, if anybody's looking for a little positive light these days, I highly recommend you uh, you check him out. He's just such a good guy. Like, mm-hmm. on top of roasting Ted Cruz and making beautiful ceramics, he also has uh, a nonprofit that he started with his wife called Hilarity for Charity. Um, his wife's mom... Uh, developed Alzheimer's and realized, especially in the States, how little care and research and and whatever is being done for Alzheimer's and dementia. So he started it up and it's actually pretty incredible, like what their specific charity does, because they, they said that their mission is to care for families facing Alzheimer's and dementia, educate young people about living a brain healthy life and activate the next generation of Alzheimer's advocates. They're trying to accelerate progress in Alzheimer's care, prevention, and support. They've raised $13 million so far, and they've awarded over 300,000 hours of in-home care relief to Alzheimer's family caregivers. So what that means is that, especially in the States, if somebody in your family develops Alzheimer's or dementia, um, there's no nothing within the government that helps you with money and resources so that you can stay home and take care of your family member. Um, And so what they've done is they've been able to help people stay home for over 300,000 hours um, in in order to care for family members. That's Um, nice. Right. And they've also, they also organize online support groups to help build a caregiver community um, and engage younger generations. And they also help fund prevention focused and brain health research. So like good guy, Seth Rogen, right? Like just who, how can you not like him? A Canadian treasure and a major stoner. So got to give it to him. Yeah. Dude, I don't know why it's James Franco for me and not Seth Rogen. It just is. Because Seth Rogen's not problematic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he wouldn't break my heart. He'd mend it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd also just get you really stoned. Like, I think I remember watching an interview with him where he was like, the biggest compliment I've ever received is when Snoop Dogg complimented my joint rolling. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds like such a stoner thing to say. <laughs> I know that when Snoop Dogg comes to Toronto, he smokes pink kush, which is what I smoke. (laughs) Anyways, I love that. What's, uh, what are some dramatic fucking chaotic things going on with the celeb? Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready? I was just ranting to my boyfriend about this earlier. So I don't know if you heard, but there is a like tell all interview coming out this Sunday with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Uh, They sat down with Oprah and basically are like, we're telling our side of the story. We've had enough this, that and whatever. And Oprah to like 
hype up the interview is like, ooh, they they drop some juicy secrets, they like drop some whatever. And of course the British royal family is pissed. So they've basically started a smear campaign against Meghan Markle. And in the last week, um, there's been uh, reports that Meghan Markle was a giant bully when she was at Kensington Palace. Her former assistants are like, she was a total bitch. She made people cry, this, that, and whatever. You know, standard things people say about women because we have to be nice at all times. Lord forbid that we stand up for ourselves. And then the other thing, and this is like very complex, and I started to watch my boyfriend's eyes go sideways um, when I was explaining this. So there's specifically a bunch of drama surrounding a pair of earrings that she wore at, to a dinner in Fiji in October of 2018. Stay with me here, guys. I'm staying. So, so I was reading a bunch of stuff online, and basically the way the crown jewels works is there's this massive collection of crown jewels, and there's a handful of people people who actually know the entire catalog and know exactly where all of these jewels have come from, whether they're gifts, whether they've always been in the family, whether they're borrowed, this, that, and whatever. And whenever somebody needs to wear some crown jewels to an event, uh, the people in charge of the crown jewels will bring out a very small selection. And then the person gets to choose from like four or five pieces. So Back in October of 2018, that kind of situation happened with Meghan Markle, and she chose this specific pair of earrings. She was not told who they originally came from. All she was told is that they were borrowed slash a gift. I, I see, I saw like mixed things online about whether they were they're borrowed from this person, from the person they came from, or whether they're a gift. Regardless, she was not told who they were from. It has only come out in the last couple weeks that it was the Prince of Saudi Arabia. Um, the reason why this is becoming an issue right now is because two weeks before the dinner, the Prince of Saudi Arabia had a journalist killed. And Meghan has always been a huge, like a diplomat. And she's always, she's like spoken out about diplomacy around the world and this sort of thing. And so people are trying to basically be like, she's a hypocrite. Fuck this girl, this, that, and whatever. The thing is, is that this prince from Saudi Arabia wasn't even accused of this murder until November. Um, so she would have worn the earrings not having even known that he was associated with it, first of all. Secondly, she was never told that these earrings came from him either. While she was still a member of the British family, this was all kept hush-hush. Now she's no longer a member of the British family. Now she's coming out with an interview talking about the, the treatment that she treatment she endured while she was over there. And all of a sudden this magically is told to the British press. So, you know, we all know what happened to Princess Diana. Yeah. Right? So I don't think I need to say much more about how obvious this smear campaign is. It is, it, it just seems so clear to me that the British royal family is pissed that she's not shutting the fuck up. They're, they're still pissed that they left, right? So, I mean, this is very juicy to me. And considering I don't have a job, I will 110% be watching that interview on Sunday. Um, I'm watching because, uh, yeah, I'm watching. It's, it's fucking brutal the way that she's been treated and so racist, so sexist, just... Um, who was it? I think Jamila Jamil on Instagram has been posting a lot about the smear campaign about Meghan Markle. And she's made a few posts. I think it was her or she just reposted. But uh, so many tabloids side by side of Kate and Meghan doing mm -hmm. the exact same thing, but completely different captions. Like a perfect example, um, 
was when they were both pregnant. So there's a pregnant photo of Kate holding her belly. And it says like Kate glowing, eight months pregnant, holding her belly, excited to meet the prince. And then the exact same exact same photo side by side of Megan saying Megan keeps touching her stomach. Is something wrong with the baby? Is she ready to be a mother? It's so extreme. If anybody is into this stuff, I I would really uh, recommend following Jamila Jamil because she's had so many smear campaigns made against her by the British tabloids. She's very hyper aware of them. And she picks up on these trends and cycles with other women and just blasts you know, the trends and how it's being posted about. So worth watching. And it really uh, trains your mind to be very critical of this kind of rhetoric that gets spread about female identifying celebrities and how they get perceived by us. You know, uh, a perfect example is how we get overexposed to them, right? That's kind of the first primer where first like, oh, so-and-so is so hot. And the next thing they're everywhere. So people are like, oh, I'm tired of seeing so-and-so. And then so-and-so can do anything. And then it takes one. They're like, I knew so-and-so was a fucking bitch. I'm sick of her. And then it just explodes. So that's what's happening to Megan right now. Terrible. But I'll be watching that interview. I hope she exposes all the fucking pedophiles. (laughs) And that's the other thing, right? Is it's like the British royal family is so concerned about making Meghan Markle look bad. But can we talk about Prince Andrew? Or are you guys still refusing to talk about Prince Andrew? Because how many pictures was he posing with underage girls? Who was one of his good friends? I believe if we're not mistaken, it was Jeffrey Epstein himself. Like there's, there's no denying those pictures of him in a picture with Ghislaine Maxwell. Like it's so interesting how we're still not allowed to talk about Prince Andrew. Nobody's saying anything like, come on now, come on now. So a mixed woman can't wear some fucking earrings, but Whitey McGrayface can fuck a bunch of kids. Yeah, no thanks. We're not interested, British royal family. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. interested, but we're interested in your demise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's it's long time that we uh, we ousted them. I, something that has a depressing start to it, but a positive end to it um, is, I don't know if you heard about the documentary that came out about Paris Hilton in 2020. Uh, I watched it the minute it came out. Yeah. The real story of Paris Hilton. It's on YouTube for anybody who's interested. So for anybody who doesn't know, back in the 90s, uh, Paris Hilton was repeatedly sent to a, um, what would you call that type of school? It was like a behavioral reform school. So it's for right. bad kids because she would party. She would run away from home. She was the, the school is called Provo Canyon School and it was in Utah. And uh, it ended up in this documentary um, being released that this, this school is extremely abusive. Like 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 I'm talking solitary confinement of a teenage girl kind of like fucked up fuckery shit and she actually reconnects with some people that she went to the school with and they all sit down and they talk about it and and then she talks about how she you know started trying to connect with people she didn't go to school with or go to school with directly but they went to the school and and all these people being like I experienced the same thing so she was like okay I'm not crazy it wasn't just me it happened to and recently she testified at the Utah Senate Judiciary uh, for the abuse case against Provo Canyon School. Her testify, her, her test, what's her testification? What the fuck is the word for that? Testimony. Thank you. <laughs> her testimony. Jesus. Oh my God, my brain. So her, <laughs> her testimony 
helped the Senate pass uh, Bill 127. Um, I think it's called Senate Bill 127, specifically in Utah, which now makes uh, punishments like denying food and water, spanking, hitting, and other treatments intended to frighten or humiliate kids illegal. And uh, Paris Hilton said that Bill 127 will also include uh, strip searches, seclusion, use of chemical restraint, peer restraint, and gender discrimination. So all of these things are now illegal. Like I said, I highly recommend people watch it if you have the mental capacity for it, because I, I feel like it's another similar situation to Britney Spears, where we really, you know, we, we talked a lot of shit about Paris when we didn't know anything and we didn't know any better and we didn't have the education and, and the, the verbiage uh, for better mental health discussions and that sort of thing what she went through was 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 wild it was it was disgusting what she went through and uh yeah highly recommend watching it uh, but good progress is being made in the world thanks to paris tilton about fucking time yeah man Mm -hmm. paris we did paris dirty you know because the whole sex tape thing i mean i know it escalated her to fame but nowadays that's called revenge porn so, yep. you know, we can't be doing that. And she was, you know, 19 years old. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, it was a good documentary. You know, Love Paris, my birthday twin. That's gotta, so true. I got a supporter, my Aquarian queen. I, I got a lot of notes, so I'm going to try to not, like, inundate people with this. But the one thing I really want to talk about, because, like, the moment I heard about it, I was like, why in the fuck is this happening right now? Have you heard about the Space Hotel? vaguely and by heard of it I saw a meme that like it was like a screenshot of the headline about the space hotel and someone just said can we just have health care yes okay so that's what I saw first that exact same meme so I was like I'm sorry what's happening is there actually a space hotel coming so there is there is that is 100% a thing that somebody is trying to make happen um the company that is trying to spearhead it is called Orbital Assembly they call themselves a large space construction company and if you go to orbitalassembly.com i swear to god it looks like somebody made it in their grade 9 tech class really like geos yeah. style it's so budget it's brutal I like try to click on things it doesn't take me places I try to click on the only link that works is the link to invest in the company mm-hmm. surprise surprise and all of the pictures the whole layout like I I honestly guys check out the website orbitalassembly.com it will make you laugh you, like I look at it and I'm like these people want citizens of the world to go vacation in space you like i look at this website and you expect me to trust you all i'm getting is fire festival vibes right now like it looks like a disaster waiting to happen they want to start building in 2025 but they're like oh you know i think that with the coronavirus pandemic that might get delayed so we might not get to start until 2026 and now i'm just like are we gonna have a space variant of covid like what the fuck is (laughs) what are you doing Oh no, it's just, it's just such a terrible idea. Um, the space construction, I just, um, it's just so fucking stupid. Some of the shit we're doing with space really. And it's like, is, is the number one sign of affluence and, you know, 2021 and beyond a tiny fucking shoebox apartment on Mars. Like, is this what we're all aiming for? 
you know, it's like we're going from Liberty Village to oh fuck God, Mars. They get fucked, you know. It's we're doing space a disservice with what's going on now. It's fucking bullshit. I mean, it's motherfucking space. We watched enough sci-fi. We know what can happen, and 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 we're letting uncreative, ugly motherfuckers like Elon Musk run the show. Right. Oh, also, he apparently wants to buy a town in Texas. I don't know if you heard about that, but of course he does, because he's Elon Musk. So he thinks he can just buy whatever the fuck he wants. I don't know. Well, actually, oh, I'm a huge Grimes fan. I'm a Grimes hipster. I saw her play live before anybody knew who she was. I adore her music. I've listened to it for ages. But this whole Elon Musk Grimes thing has been killing me slowly. And the nail in the coffin was they recently both got COVID because they were partying and hanging out with people and not social distancing like most celebrities. And of course, Grimes and her fucking manic pixie dream girl manner commented on it. And it was so cringe. I don't know if you read it. She was like, having COVID is like kind of cool because the fever dreams, you know, the fever dreams make you see things. It inspires my music. And it's like, people is dying like can you shut the fuck up and stop being a quirky fuck for two minutes and acknowledge that a global pandemic is tearing the world apart and killing people seriously oh i'm (laughs) sick i'm just like oh i don't even want to look at you you know and just the just her posting like a ball you know abolitionist memes and defund the police memes on her Instagram while riding Elon Musk's dirty, nasty dick is like just so cringe to me, but she has some bops. I'll give her that. I'll give her that. It's all about separating the artist from the person, right? (laughs) For real. Oh, and their kid's stupid fucking name. How do you even pronounce that? I just saw a video. It's X Ash archangel something it's it's fucking stupid rich people fucking american say shit you know (laughs) typical like you know i come from a country where you pick from like 18 names you know you can be igor oleg (laughs) Irina, svetlana whatever and if you have a weird name you're just ostracized entirely (laughs) which which isn't good but you know we've talked about it complete extremes (laughs) before (laughs) you can't you can't get too liberal with names but you know what americans will name their kids anything that's my theory because what some did you ever i don't know maybe this is like an immigrant thing or a me thing did you ever watch a movie and you're like you really just named your kid that like their name is just like Parker, fucking trucker, skyper, stupid fucking shit. I love the memes that just roast white people for their whack ass names, like Jalen, Jalen, the most ridiculous, like just like the more you try to be different, the more the same as everybody else you are. Just like pick a name that's fucking normal, please. Or like it doesn't have to be like normal, normal, but just like don't make it look like you're trying so hard to be an individual. That's the thing. It's the, it's the trying really hard and the privilege, right? Because if you're rich and your kid goes to private school, they can't, they can be named fucking purple dog shit and people are going to worship the ground they're named on the, they walk on. But 
if you're a fucking poor kid with an immigrant name that nobody can pronounce, you just get your ass kicked every day. And it's yeah. a perfect example of it. But I think I, I fucking hate when people do whimsical spelling of regular names. <laughs> that is it kills me it makes me cringe it makes me just nauseous because at least if you're gonna give your kid a weird ass name you have to fully commit like if you're just gonna name your kid like laser just name him laser you can't you can't just like call them ashley with like a silent h and an l-e-i-g-h and a z in it it's it's obnoxious. It's fucking obnoxious. This reminds me of that Cat Williams skit um, where he's like talking shit about spell, like being in elementary school and like having to spell the word knife. And he's like, what's with the silent K? He's like, you don't see that in names. Like you don't say like, hi, my name is Bob. That's B-K-O-B. No, man, your name is Bacob. Like, I died when I first, like, obviously I was like smoking a ton of weed in high school and like watching Cat Williams videos. But like that shit was so fucking funny to me because it seemed so outrageous. And now it's real life. Like yeah. there's probably somebody named Bob with B-K-O-B as their spelling now. 100%. I I am, you know, I am really glad. And you should all be too that um, I will not reproduce because I would for sure give my kids fucking stupid names. But like, because I think, you know, if you're going to go really weird, like name your kid like an exclamation mark. And just leave it at that and just never vocalize it. But yeah, there's a lot of dumb fucking names out there and uh, Americans are cohorting most of them. Well, our our lovely Rebecca, who was uh, on one of our segments, uh, one of our episodes earlier, her son is what, eight years old now. And he his name is Brian. And he's the only Brian in his school. Everyone else is like fucking Phoenix and uh, fucking Voltron. Artemis. Yeah. Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> Voltron fucking Optimus Prime <laughs> Gucci I don't know what people are naming their kids now for sure people are naming their kids Gucci for sure there's a there's for sure for sure a kid named Gucci multiple children named Gucci somewhere but it's so funny it's true right like having a name like fucking Tom Dick and Harry like those are probably now far more unique than how many mics do you know? I know so many goddamn mics. It's it's outrageous. How many kids are named Michael these days? None. It all got taken. It all got used <laughs> up. <laughs> there's there's a limit. Yeah, there's a capacity and that's it. Good times. So, but yeah, astrology is popping in March, fam. <laughs> I'm trying to sound hip. <laughs> so hip. Speaking of hip, I actually messaged one of my friends who's a Gen Zer the other day, and I was like, "Yo, what do Gen Z kids say to like, to like sound cool or like to say that something's cool?" And his fucking response, it was like, "What did it say?" He's like, "Who's bullying you?" That was what he said. I'm like, I'm like, if I'm, I'm like, what would I say if I was trying to say that something's cool and I was a Gen Zer? And he was like, "Who bullied you?" And I was like. Nobody. I just want to know what the Gen Z's say. And he's like, oh, you know, like sick, fresh, dope. That's some heat, fire on the tits. And I was like, on the tits? Like, not just tits. Like, because I remember growing up and you'd be like, you'd call something tits as like cool, but not on the tits. And so he's like, here, I'll use it in a sentence for you. Yo, your Jordans are so fresh. They're on the tits, my guy. <laughs> it's like, 
I'm so glad you used that in a sentence for me. The world needs to just fucking end. I've had it. <laughs> How did you befriend a Gen Z? Oh my God. Uh, at, at the bike shop. Yeah. We, we would have, I would like roast him pretty frequently because he was born in 2000 and I, I would like regularly, regularly be like, so you don't remember 9-11? And he was like, no, I don't remember 9-11. And I'd be like, I turned to like other people I work with who were around my age. I'm like, yo, we work with somebody who doesn't remember 9-11. Like, I don't know how to comprehend that. <laughs> like, how am I in a work situation? Like, it would make sense if I like passed you on the street and you were a toddler, but like, I'm, how am I working with you when you, and this is a thing. It's fucked. Um, my moment of realizing I was old was I was on Instagram and the algorithm was recommending me shit to buy as always. And they were these like necklaces and they had years on them. They were like 2006, 2007, 2009. And I was like, why would I get a fucking necklace or bracelet to like commemorate? I'm like, I guess 2005 was a pretty good year. I went to a festival. I got really fucked up every day. We partied a lot. And then I'm like, this is someone's birth year and they can shop online. It's someone's fucking birth year that they want to represent. And then I barfed all over myself and I've never been right since. I was going to say, however, I am really enjoying the outcry of millennials um, re retorting to the, all the bullying from Gen Zs and how they're really fighting for the skinny jeans and the parts like it's just the rhetoric is fucking hilarious i'm just sitting here with my popcorn like nom 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 love it crunch so true like, okay tell me about astrology what's going on in march march is a hoot and a toot and a boot and well a lot of things so today was what march 4th so yesterday mars entered gemini welcome mars <laughs> what's up <laughs> So this is going to be an interesting time. Lots of restlessness. We know about Mars. What you know about Mars? We taught you guys. You know, it's the planet of war, ambition, sex drive, etc. So because of that, like, sketchy, crackhead Gemini energy. Actually, before I continue this, side note, tangent, we... <laughs> talking about how Paris Hilton is my birthday twin then another friend in our group chat has the same birthday as Brittany so we're like who's Sam <laughs> I hate you so much right now for sharing this and it is our beloved former mayor Rob Ford <laughs> god damn it Gemini queen rest in peace baby <laughs> god damn it they share birthday. Anyways, Mars enters Gemini. We're going to feel some restlessness, some irritability. However, we're going to be more communicative with what we want. Um, we're going to have more intellectual pursuits than necessarily physical ones. We're going to be more versatile, more consistent. And we really need to put an emphasis on consistency and discipline during this time. If we want to get fucking anything done, because otherwise it's just going to be a Gemini shit show. We know, you know how they do it. So all over the place, we are all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So if there's something that you're really cultivating right now, if you're working on a project um, or any kind of goal that you've set for yourself, uh, I would recommend approaching it more cerebrally. And I would also recommend having um some accountability from someone maybe a capricorn in your life <laughs> if 
you can handle it. Everybody needs one. And then another, there's a lot of really interesting angles and aspects that are happening right now. So um, Saturn is squaring Uranus right, uh, right now. And this is kind of a big deal. And a square is an astrological angle. It's when two planets are 90 degrees from each other. And it's a challenging aspect that's kind of meant to annoy us until we figure shit out. And that's what Saturn does in general. Saturn is a fucking asshole who's just always here to tell you that you're a piece of shit and you need to get your shit together. Whereas Uranus is a planet of revolution, big global change. So right now they're squaring off each other. So there's a lot of feeling of like rebellion and liberation and wanting to change a lot of things about your life. But at the same time, we're being held because Saturn is that binding force of of uh, tradition, boundaries, ceremony, you know, things that are kind of very set in stone. So it's a very push pull energy with whatever that could be in your life where you feel like you want a big change, but at the same time, something's holding you back or you feel really held back but are yearning for a change. So it's kind of playing with that balance. I feel like I'm feeling that so heavily right now. Like so many things, like I don't, I think, like I think of like work for one, like yearning to get back to work. I'm like, but I, but I just can't, right. Just constantly waiting or like yearning to like, I don't know, totally. I've, I'm feeling that for sure. Well, I think we're all ready to spring into something new, but the newness hasn't fully formed yet. And it's that, it's that forming energy of Saturn that will create the newness, if that makes sense. It's that <clears throat> defining energy that we can take and actually mold things. So we're not just springing into kind of chaotic nothingness. There is still some structure to this newness, if that makes sense to you guys. Um, another really cool, I believe this just uh, happened yesterday or is happening today, but Venus is sextiling Uranus and a sextile is a 60 degree angle. And this is a very lucky, fortunate, is a really, really good flow of energy and it's very beneficial. So again, we're looking at Venus, which has to do with love, relationships, sex, harmony. And then we're looking at Uranus, the planet of revolution. So revolutionary love is going on, passion, excitement, and big changes. So there could be things waking up in us that redefine our relationships with other people, or it could be with ourselves. right? That's the first person that you do have a relationship with. So if, if this doesn't apply to anybody in your life, maybe if you're single or whatever, um, this could apply to yourself and your relationship with yourself, but a lot of kind of big revelations, a lot of big conversations, maybe a little bit, not like drama, but kind of big monumental events that help you redefine how you love and how you have relationships. So this one is worth watching. Um, and if you're experiencing anything like that, just, just roll with it because it's a good thing. Even if it feels bad, even if it feels difficult, it's, it's a very good thing and it's going to help us a lot. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds exciting regardless of whatever it is. So I mean, we all need a little excitement right now. We all really do. And who doesn't want like a little love excitement, Chanel? Yeah. Um, and then the sun and Neptune are going to meet in Pisces on March 10th. So that's coming up. Very exciting. Neptune 
is the ruling planet of Pisces. And Neptune is the planet of, it's Neptune's the ocean, right? And we are made of water. So it, it, it is our primordial self, but it's kind of more our primordial dream self, more of our primordial subconscious self. So Neptune is very fuzzy, very dreamlike, very illusionary and creative. So we're going to be when the sun conjuncts with it, the energies kind of flow together. I think I talked about it in another episode. It's like on a piano playing two keys at once and having those vibrations go at the same time. So look out for March 10th, everybody, because this is going to affect absolutely everybody. Everybody has sun Neptune in their chart and they play a big part in it. But a lot of secrets are going to come to light from our subconscious. A lot of creative inspiration is going to come from that. We're going to feel overwhelming sensitivity and empathy, um, support for the vulnerable, connect with the divine and connect with our soul's purpose. So sounds very hippy dippy mumbo jumbo, but that is Neptune's jurisdiction is everything kind of more to do with our subconscious, our soul and our like soft innerness that that internal water of ours so might be a really really emotional time for all of us but again it's it's an important one and I think after a brutal winter after a lot going on you know what's going on with this world after the elections after everything a little empathy and sensitivity isn't so bad something that kind of it's going to wash over us and then just five days later Mercury is going to enter Pisces. So we know Mercury is the planet of communication, travel. And then Pisces, again, is that dreamy Neptune ruled sign. So again, we're going to experience more imagination, modesty, sympathy. Ideas are going to be a little bit scattered because they're always going to come from that emotional place of the heart. And it might be a little bit harder to concentrate because Neptune is dreamy. So if you're daydreaming a lot and zoning out just in general, that's what Pisces season does too, makes you really emotional, but at the same time, kind of out of it. I I said to Sam yesterday, we were going to record. I'm like, girl, I feel like I'm underwater just watching the world go by. I'm right there with you. Pisces, like I've been very, all of those words you said, clearly I can't, I still don't have any more words. (laughs) That's okay. I got him for you. So I think there's a lot of, to be expected, a lot of touchy feely, romantic, dreamy things to happen. And we're all going to be a little bit detached. So if you're not communicating as much with your friends, they're not picking up, you're not connecting as much with other people there. We're all kind of in our own world, reconnecting with that mushy part of ourselves. So all good. Um, And then on March 20th, we are going to enter Aries season, which is the beginning of the astrological calendar. It begins at Aries. So fresh, fresh. It is kind of like the new year if you observe astrology. And Aries season, I mean, I, I'm i very drawn to anybody with fire placements because you know your girl has no fire placements in her chart. So I'm always grasping at any heat. I'm cold. So I, I love me in Aries and it's that very spontaneous, dynamic, extroverted um, energy that's going to bound in. So it's going to evaporate all that water from the Pisces season. So we're f- just, you know, just bathe in it, just lavish in it, you know, lose your fucking mind, cry out of your anus, have as many bubble baths. Although, If you're going to have a bubble bath, 
and you want to have a really nice bubble bath with fucking candles, do not. <laughs> do not put the candles behind your head. Don't put the candles behind your head and then lean back and set your hair on fire. Which we don't is- know anybody who did that. We don't know anybody who did that and had to cut three inches of their hair at midnight. We don't. Don't do it. Put the candles in front of you. (laughs) Use flameless candles. Do not put a tea light behind your head and set your fucking bun on fire. That's all. That's my astrological advice for you. March 21st, Venus will enter Aries as well. So towards the end of this month, we're going to have a really big energy shift from everything feeling soft and murky to everything being on fire, fire. So can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. I love Aries season. Uh, I have Aries placements. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm actually, I'm so excited. One of my best friends is an Aries and they they listen to this podcast. Hey boo. And, um, they're having a baby. Oh, and it's going to be a little Aries baby. Yes. So I'm so pumped on top of that in typical Aries fashion. She's like, this baby is due three days before my fucking birthday. He cannot be late. I'm going to induce early. I refuse to share a fucking birthday with anybody, especially my child. (laughs) Fair. Honestly, fair. Moms get nothing once they become, become moms. The least that they can have is their own birthday. Very true. Especially their fucking Aries birthday. Cause yeah, very exciting. But you know what? I think uh, we're, we're going to, I'm looking at it like we're going to learn and experience a lot during Pisces season. And then we can just launch forward and apply it during Aries season and kind of start the new astrological year that way. So I'm pumped. Hang in there. Don't worry about it. Cry as much as you need to do your thing. These are you know, sometimes we have lessons of the heart. Sometimes they're lessons of the, the mind, lessons of the body. We're in the heart phase. So sounds good. Yeah. March, I was seeing a lot of stuff about March was going to be financially speaking, a, a pretty exciting month for a lot of signs as well. I didn't read too much into it. Um, hey, maybe we'll, maybe we'll some make, we'll make some cachinos somehow. Oh, I would love that. Cause right. I am ready to suck dick for money. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to make money if if you can handle that job. I am ready to, I don't know, honestly do anything. <laughs> I have been brainstorming alternative ways to make money. <laughs> I will not lie. EI is great at all, but is it? Is it great? <laughs> I feel like I'm making I'm making the same amount of money through EI that I made in 2012 when my rent was $400, except now my rent is $1,200. (laughs) Great. Great. Goodness. It's, it's hard up there right now. A lot of people are financially struggling. A lot of small businesses are struggling immensely. I think it's been over a hundred days now since we've been closed, which is terrifying. Lockdown is, is longer than lockdown one. And We still don't know when we will be reopened. I think there is an announcement coming tomorrow, but we're all pretty sure that we'll be in the gray zone, which means salons will not open. So Rebecca sent a a message out to our staff chat today. And for some reason, I thought the announcement was going to be Monday, like it was during the first lockdown. 
So I've been with my mindset of like, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, I'll know what's going on next week. Cause I also don't know what number day it is today. And I thought that the announcement was coming March 9th. Anyways. So Rebecca says in the chat, she's like, oh, we'll find out Friday what's going on. And I legitimately, my heart sank. I was like, I have to wait a whole other week to find out. And then I was like, oh, wait, tomorrow's Friday. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. God damn it. I feel, I feel weird about coming back to work because I really want to, I miss work. I'm ready to just get fucking started. I've been talking to a lot of my clients. If you're a client of mine and you listen to this podcast, I fucking miss you. I love you. I'm sure you feel the same, Sam. Absolutely. Um, And we know you guys are struggling, not just with your hair, but salon is, you know, self-care. It's a routine. It's a social thing. And it is for us too. Like I realized through these two lockdowns that like a huge chunk of my social interaction is just through the salon. Like it's kind of my second home because not only do I have a clientele of almost 10 years that I adore that I get to see regularly and constantly catch up with, but like I work with some of my best friends every day and we fucking hang out at work so and covers a giant chunk of my social life so having that taken away I was like fuck man all I do is chill in the salon (laughs) that's all I did but uh, you know I want to come back when it's safe I want to come back and not get shut down again like some of the other regions which is horrific the idea of having to rebook people and then shut down again and do it again is fucking nightmarish so We'll take it as it comes. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess. But I, I have a feeling we won't be reopening, to be honest. I don't I don't think so either. I don't. But I mean, well, yeah, like you said, I'd rather I'd rather it get drawn out a little bit longer and we don't get locked down a third time. Yeah. What the fuck can you do? Either way, I'm going to be ready. I yeah. need a bit more time anyway, because I've decided to get ripped. I ordered weight. Ooh nice yeah i'm getting fucking full-on prison ripped i've decided like yeah i um i've been doing squats i've been doing yoga i've been running you know i'm very in in uh, the sun came out and it's very witness my fitness so a few more (laughs) weeks i'm just gonna be finer when i return right it's so funny that you say that too because like i've recently started working out again as well and so when you were saying that like with Mars and Gemini, we like really need to create some structure to like get shit rolling. I immediately was like, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing with my fitness and whatever is like, I'm trying to like get back into a routine of working out. And uh, speaking of working out, Mm -hmm. I think it's time for me to talk about some sports. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Teach me about (laughs) sports, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So first off, I need to start off with the Raptors because as anybody who knows me knows that's that's who I love. I adore them. It's all I ever talk about. I've got like, I feel like all I have been wearing recently is just a rotation of different Raptors gear. <laughs> that's the basketball, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's the dinosaur ball. Okay. So right now, five of our main players um, and our head coach are all not playing, um, not participating in the games because of health and safety protocols with COVID. COVID has been a shit show with sports leagues um just like the whole like the whole 
2020-2021 hockey as well there's lots of bubbles and that sort of thing Raptors are playing in Tampa Bay uh, because they can't go back and forth over the border and with hockey you've only got Canadian teams playing Canadian teams and American teams playing American teams I can't remember what's going on with baseball I feel like there was like a little bit more leniency with them for some reason but I I don't really care for baseball too much so I don't know but uh yeah so Yesterday, we played the Detroit Pistons and uh, lost by a substantial amount. We lost by about 25 points, which we probably shouldn't have lost by that much. Um, but when we're missing OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Malachi Flynn, Patrick McCaw, and our head coach, Nick Nurse, it's going to be a struggle. And, uh, you know, I think everybody was really expecting Lowry to kind of carry us. And, and as usual, he is always the person we look to because he is the GROAT. That's If you're a Raptors fan, you know what that means. But GROAT stands for greatest Raptor of all time. And uh, Norman Powell actually showed up pretty well yesterday, but it just, it wasn't enough. Uh, we play the Boston Celtics tonight and we have a history of getting beat pretty mercilessly by them. And that's when we have our whole team. So uh, I'm worried that tonight might be a bit of a bloodbath, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So I'm crossing my fingers and toes and all kinds of things. I will have to interject because here's something that you can explain to me that I've never understood. Why is it when people talk about sports, they always say we, like they're the ones playing the sport. <laughs> I don't know. Did I do that? Everybody does it. You know? <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, because people talk about the leaves. They talk about the Raptors, whatever. And they're like, whoa, we scored, you know, 20 to 80 last night. We we had the best. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I don't know any sports terminology, so I can't even make a sentence. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I do. I do. So the teams are like nothing without the fans. So, I mean, like, we're basically part of the team. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm just going to say that because I don't fucking know why we do it. There's um, there's a Mitchell and Webb sketch. It's the, like an older British show kind of about this. There's like a, a big football fan. He's talking about Manchester United. And he's like, last night we got so many fouls. We got so many goals. We got so many this. And his coworker just starts talking about all the different world wars and like being like, we really conquered France and just like claiming an entire country. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I always find it interesting. So I'm like, but you just, it, you didn't score anything. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> you didn't do shit. You sat on your couch eating chips and fucking yelling at the TV. That's what you did. And another thing that like I find wild is just like people will really just go fucking ballistic and start breaking shit or if they win right like that raptors parade was intense i had a doctor's appointment downtown that day and i had to cancel it because i was like that was a good call that... <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was at i was at queen and university for the raptors parade and one of my girlfriends messaged me to be like hey i'm gonna come and meet you and I was like, okay, I'm at, like, I'm literally standing at one of the entrances to Osgood Hall, but they're not letting anybody off at Osgood. Like, Subway is bypassing. It's like, it'll stop at St. Patrick and it'll go to St. Andrew straight. So get off at St. Patrick and, like, walk down. Or She tried calling me at one point when she got off the subway to find me. And because there were so many people around, nobody could send text. Nobody could send text messages like in that circle. Like eventually, like she when she when she called me to tell me she was coming, it was like eleven thirty. By the time it was twelve fifteen, 
nobody's cell phones were working because there were so many people jammed into that tiny area of the city that like it 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 was just a a, a dead zone for your phones. It was wild. That's fucked up. Like there's something about it that my mind cannot grasp. <laughs> but I'm here to learn. Yeah. Here to learn. I mean, the nice thing about sports is that I feel like it can kind of transcend other ways that people don't get along. And that's one of the things I really like about sports. And I, I find I use sports to be able to like relate to people. I wouldn't necessarily have anything else to talk with them about, especially if, you know, if somebody's like staunchly conservative and I'm like, yeah, how about them Raptors? Yeah. Let's talk about that. It's nice. That is like, a great thing. Something that a lot of my clients have realized is like sports conversations are a no-go. You know, I try, I try to go with it as far as I can. Cause you know, I know peripheral things, but it always ends badly for me. Like I remember one of my clients was like, oh, are you watching the tennis? And I knew that like Canada was doing really well in the tennis one year. So I'm like, <laughs> I love that when you talk about sports, you're always like the basketball, the tennis, the hockey. <laughs> it's not just hockey. It's the hockey. The hockey. So the tennis was like going really well that year. So I'm like, oh, our team is killing it. And she's like, Anya, it's an individual sport. <laughs> I was like, our tennis team is slaying, bitch. But no, it's just one bitch. Just one bitch. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, I tried. I tried. You, you did. So you what's, did. Going on? what's going on with the rap? The, what about the fucking um, uh, stick men? Well, there's one thing I do want to talk about still with the Raptors, um, and then we can talk about the Stickmen, um, is there are a lot of rumors going on that Kyle Lowry is going to get traded at the end of this season. Um, at the end of this season, he becomes what's called a free agent. So for Anya and anybody else, a free agent means it's the end of the, someone's contract, and so they're not obligated to the team that they were already playing for. So they can go out and find a team that they can either get re-signed to their original team uh, or they can find a different team that they prefer to play with. Uh, and there's a lot of rumors that because Kyle Lowry is from Philadelphia and because he's 34 years old, that he's going to want to play for the 76ers because he's almost at that age where he's, well, he's at the age where he starts, he's going to start having to think about retirement, which is so wild to me to like think about retiring at 34. Um, oh, well, but- me, bitch. I'm ready. <laughs> exactly. Are you kidding me? I'm fucking yeah. done. <laughs> so um a lot of people are saying you know he's probably going to want to go to the 76ers his house just got listed for sale his Toronto house so a lot of people are especially getting paranoid about that um and I was reading about a speculated trade deal that's happening and it's a three-way team three team three-way trade deal um between the 76ers the Raptors and the Cavaliers um and so the Raptor or sorry the 76ers will get Lowry and in exchange, the Raptors will get Andre Drummond, who plays for the Cavaliers, Tyrese Maxey, who plays for the 76ers, um, an unprotected first round pick in 2021. So what that means is that whoever you want to choose, it's not still not guaranteed that you'll get them because somebody, a totally different team might pick the person that you were hoping to get, but it means that you get a first round pick um, in the draft. And then you get, they get a lottery protected first round pick in 2023, which I was kind of struggling to figure out what that meant, but it basically just means that like, you're almost guaranteed the person you're you're looking for. Um, And then the Cavs uh, will get 
Danny Green, Mike Scott, Terrence Ferguson, and then a 2024 second round pick from Miami, from Miami via Philly. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. So I had to ask my boyfriend and he's like, it basically just means it's a passed around pick. And I was like, all right, sounds good. There's a couple things I want to say here. I have something to say that might be kind of controversial to other basketball fans who might listen to this, but I fucking hate Danny Green. I don't give a shit what anybody else says. I didn't like him when he played for the Raptors. I didn't like him when he played for the Lakers. I still don't like him now. I'm like, I'm glad he's not playing for the Raptors, but I was cheesed that he got a fucking ring out of us when we won and then immediately went to the Lakers and then got a ring out of the Lakers. I'm like, this man does fucking nothing. He's got a terrible shot. I just can't stand him. He, I just feel like he just piggybacks onto champions and just really doesn't add much to the team. I have questions. Yeah. First of all, fuck that guy. (laughs) Fucked dick. I'm flipping the camera off. Second of all rings. So when you win a championship, because you don't get to keep the trophy, you you get like a ring to, that says that you won the championship of that year. I like that. Ours was gaudy as fuck. You, oh my god, the 2019 Raptors NBA championship ring. Everybody roasted it. it. The thing, it like when they were putting it on people's hands during the ceremony, it looked like people's hands were gonna f- like fall off their wrists. The thing is massive, but I mean, whatever. It is what it is. We still won the, the championship. So anyway, so I'm reading about this trade deal, though. And uh, the person who was writing about it was just like, yeah, Raptors fans would would just have to be thrilled by this. And I was like, who? Who's thrilled about the idea of trading Kyle Lowry? What fucking Raptors fan is stoked about that idea? Nobody. Nobody's happy about that. And if you are, I don't, I don't believe you're a true Raptors fan because Kyle Lowry, I mean, he's bad. I might get... Yeah, he exactly he is. He's Bay. I like he can do no wrong in my eyes. He's you know he's beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> he's except he's not a fuck boy. Is he not? No, he's, he's not. like such a doting father, and he's like married to his college sweetheart, and he's the Seth Rogen of basketball. Sure, let's go with that. Matt Green guy and he, is the James Franco. No, I, I wouldn't fuck. No, you know who's you know who's the fucking James Franco of the NBA is I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Tice and he plays for the Boston Celtics. Man, does that guy look like a dirtbag, but I'd let him break my back. <laughs> he would for sure he's like seven feet tall, he'd for sure What's break my back. Anyway. <laughs> it's spelled T-H-E-I-S. <laughs> Anya's Googling it currently. She's gonna be like, Oh yeah, of course you fucking Daniel, Ger- okay. German. Yeah. Oh, he looks like a piece of shit. I love him. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> right? But also, Lowry has the nicest ass in the NBA. So mm-hmm. that goes without saying. I um, love objectifying men with you. <laughs> I love objectifying men with you. I love, I love objectifying men. I didn't say that. My boyfriend listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you objectify him all the time. Right? Oh, I, I really do. I really do. <laughs> literally sometimes he's like can you just please leave the room like just go just get out of here I'm like no I can't stop 100% but uh, to tie this whole Raptors thing together um, Lowry's agent has uh, spoken out and said that Lowry has made has had no conversations about leaving Toronto has made no inclination towards leaving Toronto and that anytime these rumors come up they have to make a call to Masai or whoever, and just be like, these are all rumors. We have not leaked anything. This is not anything we're saying. So fingers crossed, Raptors fans, we we still might have Lowry. 
Yeah. Okay. So moving on to hockey, I'm not a hockey person, um, but I currently essentially live with one. So I've been hearing a lot about hockey. So I need to talk a little bit about the Leafs, uh, just a little blurb. And I, I have a quote specifically from my hockey fan who says, the Toronto Maple Leafs shut out the Edmonton Oilers 3-0 and the Edmonton Oilers have two early MVP candidates. So this is a very big deal. Um, but basically right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are top of the league. They are only playing Canadian teams. And I did ask him, how do you think this is going to go once they start playing American teams? And I, I got a bit of a like a answer so we'll see what happens when the playoffs start um but yeah the Toronto Leafs are doing really well right now they're 18 and 6 which means 18 wins 6 losses um and which is which is very exciting um but what I do especially want to talk about when it comes to hockey is something that you might find interesting I like told you a little bit about it the other day there is a guy who plays for the New York Rangers uh his name is Artemi Panarin um and he's actually originally from Russia and he regularly speaks out against Putin and basically talks shit about Putin uh, and talks about how Putin's doing terrible things in Russia to people, the people who live there. Recently, he said something. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something in the last uh, month, let's say, uh, about Putin. And the week after uh, a KHL coach, uh, which is basically the Russian NHL, uh, came out and uh said that Artemi Panarin beat up an 18-year-old girl back in 2011. And it's known that this coach is actually buddies with Putin. Nobody knows who this girl is. So this coach has come out and he's been like, yeah, Artemi beat up this 18-year-old girl. And that's it. And we're just supposed to kind of believe that. So um, Artemi has taken a break recently from playing for the New York Rangers so that he can kind of like sort out this shit. Obviously, that's not... A, an accusation that anybody is going to take lightly. And Artemi actually has family who currently live in Russia. So there's a lot of people saying, you know, he's probably taking this time away from the team so that he can figure out a way to get his family out of Russia. Because uh, yeah. this is not good. If they're now attacking him, well, if they're trying to create some kind of a smear campaign while he's in the States, then it's not looking good for family that's still there. You know, I, I can only speak from personal experience, but I will tell you this, and this is factual, culturally, and otherwise, if you piss off a Russian, you will get poisoned. You will. You just will. It's our number one it, it method. It's effective. And it just it's just a matter of time. There's going to be poison or acid thrown in your face. So he is, he is very, very right for pulling fam out of Russia. There's no need for them to be there get him over to fucking States or Canada or wherever. There's plenty of fucking Russian delis. They can find their kielbasa. They're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's really fucked up. Russia is a really fucked up place. I think I'm always taken back when, you know, I tell people about my background and they're like, Oh, I want to vis visit Russia one day. I'm like, why <laughs> watch a documentary? You're going to get your ass robbed. <laughs> seriously there's just like some places that it's like why, why do you need to go there like I don't just yeah exactly watch a documentary from the safety of your home and your couch and look at the pretty pictures and just be like wow that appears to be a very nice place yeah we'll even at that but yeah so I mean like thankfully um 
there have been Russian hockey players uh, who I guess are on the team of that coach who have anonymously come out and said that the whole story is a bunch of bullshit and, and basically been like, yeah, it is a smear campaign against Artemi. So there is a lot of people supporting him and the New York Rangers, the team he plays for, they're also supporting him. And they're not just like blindly supporting him either. These are people who like, you know, they, they do do the right thing. They have another player, his name's Tony D'Angelo. Um, and he, uh, he was actually let go from the team. I don't remember the exact, I can't remember the name of the the term for when you basically get kicked off the team, but there's like a, Tony D'Angelo made a bunch of racist remarks and was subsequently kicked off of the New York Rangers. So these, this isn't a team that's just like, we're just going to blindly. Who knows about the allegations, but it would not be shocking in any way for Putin to want to take this person down. Yeah in any way possible for speaking out against him. I mean, this is, you know, we're talking about dictatorship here. It's different, exactly. different vibes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's been, uh, that's been very interesting to watch and I feel for, for our Temi and for his family. And I hope that everybody is going to be okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Putin is definitely not somebody you want to fuck with if you don't have the resources to protect yourself. Don't fuck with any Russian ever, but <laughs> like homeboy was kgb like yeah he was a straight up kgb agent so this motherfucker has no soul and the most devious mind like he will be president in the year 3000 his head will be in a fucking jar and he will be whipping the fucking russian serfs and killing it and fucking ukraine in the ass and belarus and just going for it you know yeah this is just the way it goes. It's so, it's so shit. It's so shit. Yeah. Free for East Europe, fam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and then the last sport I want to talk about is a sport that I don't think anybody's going to see coming, but is F1 formula racing. I have like a, a sentimental connection to um, racing. Uh, back when I was a kid, my family always hosted uh, Thanksgiving dinner at our place. Cause it was one of the only places with a big enough room to put everybody inside because we'd have like 20 people. Anyways, my aunt and uncle who live out in Kingston, they would always uh, come a day or two beforehand to help with the prep and hang out and whatever. And I have like many memories of waking up early Sunday morning and my uncle would be in front of the, the TV and he'd be watching, you know, Formula One or, or whatever, whatever race was on, he'd be watching it. So I've always been kind of in, like had fond memories of it. And uh, during the second lockdown, I was looking for things to watch. And Netflix actually has a docu-series about F1. And it's really, really well done. I highly recommend it to people. Even if you aren't actually into car racing, it's extremely well done. And I mean, we all love rich people drama. So I I would suggest it to anybody. The The third season is actually just about to be released on March 19th. So that'll cover the 2020 race season. Um, but it's it's been really interesting. And uh, if for no other reason to watch it, Lewis Hamilton is a huge babe. Uh, so he's always nice to look at whenever he's on uh, the screen. He's also vegan, by the way. Oh, is, But he's, yeah, he's the top racer in uh, F1 and uh, he races for Mercedes. Um, and yeah, that's been really fun and really interesting to watch. So, I mean, I'm not really talking too much about it, but the actual F1 race season for 2021 starts on March. It was like 23rd, I think 
28th, sorry, it starts on the 28th. The problem with F1, though, is that, like, it's usually in a country on the other side of the ocean. So, you know, sometimes you're waking up at, like, 4 in the morning to watch it live. Um, but, yeah, that's really fun, and I highly suggest you watch the docuseries. Oh, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, do it. It's fun. I won't, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not watching shit about cars. You can't lure me in with hot vegans. I got my James Franco and my bullshit and my occult studies. Fuck all y'all. I'll never change. <laughs> yeah, I love you anyways. <laughs> oh, amazing. No, I, I actually genuinely enjoy hearing you talk about sports at work and outside of work because I think out of anybody else I can grasp the most from you which is still nothing but I have a better time (laughs) I mean I also still know minimal amounts about sports like I was like trying to like there's a big UFC fight card coming up this Saturday I'm like, I don't even know what to say about this fight, except for the fact that like Amanda Nunes is fighting. And uh, if there's ever been a woman to make me question my sexuality, it's been Amanda Nunes. And that's, and she's amazing. She's a, you know, reigning champ. Uh, But that's about all I got to say about the UFC these days. And I'm just like, how do I talk about sports to people when I know almost nothing about this shit? And here you are, baby. Here (laughs) you are. (laughs) You do that by getting someone else who knows even less. <laughs> yeah, you make me look good. <laughs> but I'm here. I'm your sports wing woman. Yeah. Well, we worked in a salon, Sam, that was uh, very often frequented by uh, a Leafs player. <laughs> say who it is? Yeah, we can. Hi, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I had no idea who the fuck he was, and I didn't care. <laughs> he was like, some guy, I, he had a huge head. I had to massive, massive, biggest fucking head you've ever seen. Biggest fucking head. Biggest head I've ever held in my hands. <laughs> and uh, that's important to note that, like, as a colorist, we've all washed Taidomi's hair, and he doesn't get. Does he get his hair colored? I couldn't remember. I mean, he's yeah. got a, basically a. Sh- oh, he did right. I just remember like being asked to sh- wash Taidomi's head, and I was like, "Why? Why am I being asked to do this?" Like. I have my own clients. And it was like, oh, because Ty Domi needed to experience every woman that worked at the salon. <laughs> Dirtbag. Uh, he, he never asked for me. He's like, get that fucking scary bitch away from my giant man head. We we worked with Ty, uh, we worked in a salon where Ty Domi would, he'd be in there like every week to get his three hairs cut. And I didn't know who the motherfucker was. I knew he was like rich and famous from something, but I didn't care. And I remember... And I knew his name, but I didn't think anything of it. And I'm doing my client's hair something that one day and he walks by and she's like, oh my God, is that Ty Domi? And I'm like, yeah, how'd you know him? (laughs) She goes, hockey? And I'm like, oh, is he a hockey player? (laughs) Who he is? That's what he does. I love you so much. You're like, I'm a fob. Don't ask me this shit. You don't fucking care what he fucking does. I just want to get this shit off his head and go for a smoke. <laughs> Fuck that. <Exactly. Tycho. laughs> oh, goodness. Well, yeah. that was fun. Guys, let us know if you enjoy these segments. I think we want to um, 
in a very Mars and Gemini way, start introducing a little bit of structure. This is structure, by the way. <laughs> this is also tempting structure today. Yeah, we want to have some segments for you. I, I really enjoy learning pop culture and sports from Sam. Sam enjoys my incoherent rambling, hopefully. Always. And, and I hope you guys enjoy all of it. We've also been talking about doing some merch. <laughs> you know, we're just trying to trying to make that money while we have no money. Yeah, you know what? We'll get it in any way we can. But if you guys are interested in some merch, hit us up. I think we might try to actually make something happen. We have an idea. Yeah. Uh, so that would be super fun. And if not, we'll just have fucking 20 t-shirts each. Yeah. Also, we were talking about I don't know if anybody saw the Insta story, but we were talking about doing some kind of a advice slash bad advice column segment, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, if people just want to like write into us and tell us shit they want us to talk about even. Like, tell us what you guys like. We're, we're trying to stay motivated. We're trying to stay inspired. But, you know, we want to hear from you guys too. You're the ones who actually listen to us, who make who make the views happen, so... Exactly. And sometimes you guys will message us and be like, sorry to bother you. I'm like, bitch, you're not bothering me. I'm being fucking picking my ass for four hours straight. And I just got the tiniest bit of dopamine from this notification. Go off this. I'm listening. I am. You have my full undivided attention. So we really want to give you some bad advice. We want to be your shitty agony ants, because as I said in the story yesterday, I feel like we've collectively done enough stupid shit to give people possibly the worst advice ever. And what you do with that is entirely up to you. You can just do the opposite of it. You can do it and find out how bad it can get. You can have an alternate reality. We want to do that for you. So if if you have a, a query, please DM us, hit us up, and we will feature it on our next episode and give you some trash, garbage, vile advice. Yeah. Let us be the Reddit. Let us be the Reddit to your GameStop. <laughs> Ooh, love that. Yes. That's a pickup line for 2021. (laughs) All about the pickup lines. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap it up. This was fun. I hope everyone stays grounded and takes care of themselves as always through this yet another difficult period through this difficult Pisces season. Feel your feelings. They are valid, but they are not always facts right? Thoughts fuel emotions. So if there's something that you're experiencing that is overwhelming, take a little step back, try to focus on something else, you know, leave that Pisces energy and move it more into the uh, Mercury, uh, sorry, the Mars and Gemini energy where you're a little bit more cerebral and try to find that balance. I think that's the only advice I can give for this time period to myself because I'm losing my shit. Yeah. My advice would be stay off the news. <laughs> Don't read the news. I yeah. did that for two days and spiraled hard. Yeah. The spiral is intense. And I've been seeing people go through, I've been seeing a lot of frustrated people get into some conspiracy theories and look, all I want to say about that, I don't want to drone on and on and on, but even if every single one is true, I just want you to ask, how is it benefiting you? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. How is it serving you? Because if it's not serving you, then you're just um, getting analysis paralysis from way too much information. 
that is just causing you pain and harm and we're already experiencing pain and there's nothing you can really do. Like if that information can lead you to be some kind of whistleblower, to make some kind of change, and I don't mean like an anti-mask protest kind of change, but if there, you know, if you come across a bit of information that can actually help people, that's one thing, but constantly consuming alternate news sources that are conspiratorial that link things together they don't resolve anything it is an escapism um and escape is important when you're in a difficult situation but for it make it a sweet escape like shit's shit enough you know totally yeah so on that note smoke weed every day peace <laughs> don't drink energy drinks just do speed peace speed <laughs> rock and roll we got speed weed birth control baby (laughs) we'll see you on episode 10 fam